Hey, security peeps, we're live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, demystifying cybersecurity careers for the month of October, Cybersecurity Awareness Month, and we have less than a week to go for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. I am here. Today is Mondays with Dr. Dan. Dan, say hi to the people. Hi, everybody. Great to be back. Excited to have you here back again. The last Monday in October, I think next week is either November 2nd, which is nuts that October flew by so quickly. Goodness gracious. Right. Um, so, Dan, we uh, were just chatting about Chris Folon's comment. And he made a comment and pretty much he, he had a post out there on LinkedIn and it talks about a guy who he's an um, educational tech uh, professional. He posted out some information about uh, a software tool that he was using. I believe the software tool had something to do with um, recording students, like how they tested. And he put it out there. And now he is being sued. And so Dan's com Dan's response to that, you know, that that article that Chris posted was oops. So we want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> we always talk about selling mistakes. Dan talks about this every week. We talk about the oops moments. And we here we're here to talk today about the oops moments. Um, and before we start, Mac Men is here. Hi, Mac Men. He says hello, Dan, and hello, Renee. Hi, Mac. We are live. So Dan, take it away. Uh, you know, it, it's confusing to people sometimes when I talk about selling mistakes. And I find that uh, it becomes important that people understand that uh, the last thing that somebody wants to do is make a mistake. And everybody today in, in interviews and in meeting with people and in just in networking and trying to grow your practice, whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're part of a company, is you need to get people's attention. Or this narrative runs on and they've complete your sentences and they have left the room and you don't even know they've left. <laughs> so there's a lot of aspects to this selling mistakes. But the, the dynamic is, is that uh, it's a lot less, somebody would say, why, when somebody asks me what I do, I said, really what I do is I sell mistakes. Somebody says, who would ever want to buy a mistake? I said, well, anybody who doesn't want to make one or make their own. See, it's a lot less expensive to, uh, to learn from somebody else's mistakes than from your own. And so I'm sure that, that every company, everybody who is really conscious of the risk that cyber attacks play on their company and their revenue, their bottom line, and money, emotion, and reputation – uh, look at what happened. So my highly technical responses to Chris's <laughs> statement was, oops, because at the end of the how many times have you heard, oops, or I didn't mean to do that, or I meant well, or as an attorney, I do a lot with pre preparing people to perform well going into court to testify and uh, one of my attorney clients said to me, he said, what you really do is prevent the oh shit moment. When a lawyer sits back and goes, he said what? Yeah. And so 
we're wondering if if you guys could come up and text into Renee uh, oops moments that you're dealing with, how you dealt with them, what was important to you, what did it, and it would be interesting to find out what it cost the company money, emotion, or reputation. And I would say, or somebody else's oops moment. Somebody else's oops moment. So right. If you know about another person who had an oops moment. This is not your, this is not an, an oops moment that you made. This is an, an oops moment that your client made before they became your client. Mm -hmm. It may be the, the exact reason that they hired you over the person who was where you are before you're there. Or it may be a reason why somebody is looking to separate you from your competition. So understanding, you know, I, I, have, a, I have a client who sells copiers and printers. And he said to me, I said, why do people pick you? He said, well, because I have a personal service uh, modality that I, I really put people, my clients first. And I said, so tell me a story. He said, it's about puppies. I said, what do you mean puppies? He said, well, I have a client who sells puppies. And on a Saturday morning, I got a call from him. And he said to me, you know, he said, I got a problem. He said, my printer broke down. He said, I've got an office full of little kids holding their puppies with their parents, and I can't print out the documents that they need to take them with them. So I'm going to have to tell these kids they can't take their puppies home. You want to talk about a guy you don't want to be? You don't want to be this guy running this. You don't want to be that puppy. guy. You don't want to be that guy. And you don't want to be the parent. So he said, I, I went over and I fixed his, his printer and I got it straightened out for him. He said, but what would have happened if he called a lesser expensive company with less personal service that gave him an 800 number on Saturday morning. Who's he going to talk to? Who's going to come and fix it? So a lot of what I help people design when they're talking about themselves is the, I don't want to be that guy scenario. You know, somebody doesn't want to, you know, he, I, I have retold this story so many times. A couple of weeks ago, he said to somebody, what's, you know, or what keeps you up at night? <laughs> this guy says, uh, nothing keeps me up at night. He said, I sleep, I sleep just like a baby. He said, I sleep for two hours and I'm up and crying. I sleep for another two hours and I'm up crying. Yeah. Another two hours and I'm crying. So, but again, do you know who's not up crying? The CEO of the company who hired him. Right. So what does he do? Oh, I'm the cybersecurity. No, he helps the owners of the companies he represents or protects sleep at night. So how do you do that? And that's really identifying. Sometimes, you know, people are selling the invisible. You know, there's a wonderful book called Selling the Invisible that I read 25 years ago. But it really is how much of what you sell is invisible. That you know, see, I've said, made this comment before in this, this program. Everybody listening to this program knows way more than they know that they know. Mm -hmm. Unconscious competence is wonderful to have, but it can be a problem. So, but we could talk about that another time. But again, this really is, is that what are you really selling to somebody? What are you selling to the board of directors? What are you selling to the CEO of a company? I mean, I'm, I'm dealing with a guy right now who's a client who's got two companies, both multimillion-dollar companies, 
and he's trying to market them and get them up off the ground and running. And uh, but he deals with major, major stuff. And and it's uh, it's way ahead of the, it. It has to do with uh, it has to do with um, rechargeable charging stations for electric cars and trucks and that. And so that's a, that's a tremendous opportunity that he's dealing with. So these are the kind of things that are out there. Right. Um, I could tell you about a scenario with a company that I had been um, working with and talk about an oops moment. They were, to make a long story short, they were trying to um, have a certain compensation for one person over another. And the person with the least, the one that they wanted to pay less money, um, ended up having more experience than other people. And so, you know, that was going to be, that could have potentially been a big oops moment. Sure. So had to kind of make them aware of the legal ramifications of doing something like this. And I think that they, they just weren't aware. So it was very... It was a big aha. I said, you know, you're staring down a real serious situation. You know, if all the all the data is pulled out, um, so they were able to get ahead of that and fix it before you know extending an offer to a person. But it gets very very dicey when you don't have the right people kind of sharing the information that's needed, and you just don't know. That, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Do you, the amount, I'm sure all of us have run into situations where people are running companies and all of a sudden they discover that uh, the information that was really critical to them has not been passed up to them. Without naming the name of the uh, cell phone company, I had a, a client who worked with World for, World for Food program. Uh, she was in, in Nigeria uh, she was caught in some type of little uprising. Her, her phone was damaged. She took it in to be repaired. And when she came back, uh, the next month, she got a $7,000 phone bill. She, I mean, this, this kid was making, I don't know, 20000 25, maybe 30000 a year. So the people that I knew in New York said, let's have a big email campaign and email them and tell them how upset we are and all that. I said, no, just get me the name of the, the CEO. So I call up the CEO secretary. I said, look, I have no dog in this fight. I said, you're looking at an enormous public relations campaign against your company. Uh, I said, because this woman has a $7,000 phone bill. She said, well, we, she, she had the bill, the calls were made. I said, yes, but what they discovered is I've already prosecuted the guy in Nigeria who changed the SIM card in her phone and had set it up so that somebody else would be paying a bill. And so long story short, uh, they said, you have until May 28th to pay the bill. So I got the woman who called me on the phone, said to me, first of all, does the CEO know that this is going on? She said, well, I don't know. I said, he's not going to like the publicity that comes out. Plus, the woman is coming up from Nigeria to New York. So they felt that this was part of a campaign against them. 
And I, I said to them, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, you've delivered this information to me. I said, is this your decision personally? Can you put your name on this decision? Or did somebody tell you to call me? Because you don't want to ride with this with your name attached to it. Because it's going to explode in your face. She says, I didn't make the decision. I said, go back and ask them if they really want the name of this thing on the front of the New York Post. <laughs> you know, uh, I said, but let me also tell you why this woman's coming up to New York. She's a young woman. She's coming up to have a heart valve replaced. So do you want that tied into your story? So they said, we're going to waive the fees. I said, smart. So they really avoided a noob's moment. But sometimes, as I'm sure the people on this call have to do, is hold somebody's hand to take them through the shark-infested waters that they're swimming in uh, because they just don't know what's going on around them. Yeah. There's a lot of that. And, and especially in, in HR um, or people, not necessarily in HR, but people who do a lot of hiring, um, interviewing, um, you know, questions that they ask, statements that are made. It's oops moments all day long. Um, right. It tends to be very tricky and dicey because they don't know the laws, they don't know the implications, um, and you know, depending on who they ask, a lot of these, some of these recruitment, you know, some some of the less knowledgeable or more novice um, HR folks might not have all the answers, or they actually they don't even know how to advise them. So to your point, Dan, walking somebody through, taking their hand and walking and then swimming them through the shark infested waters because they're in the water, they have no idea. Sure, I, I have an article somewhere in stuff I've written in, in the past about a uh, what happened. Oh, they they lost an age discrimination lawsuit uh, because. They said there was no there was no evidence that this person had been relieved because of their age. But somewhere along the line, somebody said that this, when they mentioned how old the guy was, the CEO shook his head up and down. And they said that was an acknowledgement that it was a age discrimination lawsuit. It was focused on age discrimination. But, you know, how do you keep people out of these things? It, it's really protecting them from themselves or training. What are, what are people? I spent to somebody, I had a client I was talking to the other day, and they say, you know, we have a sales team that goes out and talks to people about fundraising, uh, you know, trying to, raise, trying to raise funds for charities. And I said, he said, so they all have a script. I said, but tell me, what do they say? He said, well, I don't know. He says, what's on a script? I said, you have to know what they say. You know, you, you talk about, I worked with a litigation firm one time, and they, they, they asked me if I could come in and help them. They said, we have associates in our law firm who are not moving forward. They're not bringing in more clients, uh, and they're losing the, the possibility of part, becoming a partner. And I said, well, what's their challenge? Do they network? She said, yeah, but you know what their problem is? They can't talk to people. They don't know what to do. Now, here's a person who can go into court and try a case, but doesn't know how to talk to people in a networking environment. 
So some of these conversations are put together. I'll give you an example. I was talking to somebody this morning and they wanted to get somebody to call me and to read some material on this golf program that we're doing. And uh, she sent the letter out. And she said, I'm just going to say, read this. I said, I said, you don't know how the person that you're sending this note to uh, was treated in school, what their parents said to them, what, how they respond unconsciously to commands that they're given, do this, do that, do something else. I said, why don't you just write the letter that says you may want to read the following information. <laughs> she said, but that's the same thing. I said, no, it's not. Because you may gives them a choice. And if you put a pause in between it, you may pause. That's an embedded command. So the command is want to read this information. So, right. but again, it's, it's how, and, and can you do that without planning and preparing? Absolutely not. Right. And so if you're going into situations, I mean, I worked with a cybersecurity guy who's got a very big global position in cybersecurity now. And I had probably 25 profiles of people he had to deal with on a regular basis mm. uh, so that we talked about how you talk to people based on who they are and what their situation is. It's so, so important, Dan. And when you talk about communications in particular, I know that's so critical and an area that I don't think people focus as much on is very, very needed. And you in particular tend to really drill into the embedded commands, the, you know, the communication style, all of that, because to your point, you don't know what people's triggers are. You don't know, you know, all the different, after you profile different ones is how to handle all these various people. We, I had a, uh, I had a guy that called me about 10 years ago and he said, you know, I want you to help me with my golf game. He said, I'm a three handicap. I want to be a scratch golfer. Can you help me? I said, sure. So I sent him all the material, got into, got into his office. I had no idea who the guy was, but when I got into his office, I knew who he was. Uh, and when we got in and we sit down, he pushed all the golf stuff off the table. And he said, this isn't about golf. He said, I'm in the middle of one of the biggest mergers and acquisitions going on in this country today. He said, and I've got three months to persuade three guys that I'm the guy to do this. And he wasn't going to do it based on his qualifications and his track record and all that. It had to be profiling the three people who were decision makers, find out what they needed to have happen, what their challenges were, and how he needed to present himself differently to each of these three people. And then, then he said to me, but I'm going on a vacation to Italy. And he said, I'll talk to you when I get back. I said, no, no, no. I said, we're going to wrap this up before you leave. He says, well, why? He said, it's five days before I leave. I said, my sense, and I don't know where this comes from, Renee, but I get, sometimes I get magic. <laughs> I said, they're going to come to you before you leave. No, they never do that. Long story short, we went through these profiles and how he was going to present it. And they knocked on his door the day before he was leaving. Mm -hmm. And so... And then we went out to dinner when he got the job. And I said to him, do you know anybody else in the same situation you're in? He said, oh, many. I said, well, can you refer me to them? He says, no. He says, I can't tell anybody about you. He says, I have to keep you as a secret. And that's what happens. Because I have, uh, I just got, I got off the call with a guy this morning. 
uh, and he relayed his whole situation in a family business to me uh, and strategies he's going through. And I said, just so you're assured of this, we never had this conversation. This conversation never happened because people need that level of security with what they're talking about. Yeah. And it's true. They need to know what, um, that A, there's a level of security that B, you know, I remember when I first met you, you talked about the confidential sounding board and you had this black card. I can't remember what was on it, but (laughs) it's very much like this is covert operations here. But it is, you know, it really is. Because, you know, coming, coming back to the sports, uh, you know, I, I have a, a client who's one was one of the country's top ultra marathon runners. She used to run 135 miles to Death Valley in the summer. <laughs> and long story short, through a variety of life situations she had, she became an MMA cage fighter at 55. So I was invited down to Atlantic City for her first professional fight. And then she was fighting out in Oregon and she called me up and we worked with power visualization over the phone for three weeks before she had in the last, uh, the last fight I worked with her on. And uh, she won that fight in 49 seconds because she had been put into the, into the ring numerous times under hypnosis uh, to train her subconscious mind to react without her having to think about it. Right. So then at the end of the fight, somebody said, what do you attribute success to? She says, well, first of all, she says, I'm an ultra runner, so I never get tired. You will never, ever tire me out, ever. You might beat me, but you'll never tire me out. And uh, she thanked her husband and her trainers and her team and all that stuff. I said, Jody, you didn't you didn't thank me. She says, do you think I'm giving your name? She says, I'm going to fight in four weeks. She says, no way. No so, way. The best kept secret, Dan. But, but, you know, but that's, that's the thing. So when somebody comes in to a situation with, you know, it, it's really understanding what you do well, what your competence is like, how to pitch, how to sell yourself. You know how to how to make yourself different from everybody else, so that when you're talking to somebody, they don't hear blah 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 blah. You know they just, <laughs> you know they 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 know you're different. But my caveat, and Renee and I have been working with this stuff for years, is that uh, most people think you have thirty seconds to to explain what you do. You don't. You only have six. If you can't create a need for you in six seconds, you, you may be out of the game. Yeah. Particularly when you're dealing with the level of expertise that these cybersecurity folks have compared to somebody who's running a company who is at risk but doesn't know it. Yeah. And I think that's the bigger question and challenge. It's around, it's around them not knowing. You say this pretty much every week. You don't, they don't know what we don't know, or a lot of cybersecurity professionals don't know what we don't know. And they definitely don't know. They don't know what we know, and they definitely don't know what they don't know. Right. And so it's a. And, and so there's, there's an invisible dynamic that really works on our behalf. It's, it's called short term discomfort versus long term regret. I may not want to. Somebody may not want to hire me or work with me even for a short period of time, or you, 
but they what they want to do is is that they what they really don't want is to be in 2025 looking backwards wishing they did right my question to everybody on this call if you're trying to persuade or influence somebody whether it's an individual or a group or a board or a ceo the this the trick is how quickly can you get them into 2025 because it is a lot easier to have people make a decision in 2025 about what they don't want to have happen in 2025, as opposed to make a positive decision about the features and benefits of working with me. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, Dan. So, Dan, we're about at 25 minutes. Um, any final words of wisdom for this group today? Uh, yeah, Renee is going to post something that... Uh, uh, on November November fifth, mm -hmm. we're doing a program called Golf in the Mind Game. It looks like a golf program, but in reacts in reality, it's a client attraction business development program. Yep, content and material in it applies to every sport, every business situation, but it really comes around golf. So if you're with a company who wants to, uh, or if it would be to your benefit in your position to go to a marketing department and say, hey, I have something that might be able to get us a tremendous amount of exposure and draw a tremendous crowd to us, then I would say, send me an email or respond to this, this program. It's free. Renee's going to post the registration form. Register for it. Take a look at it. If you think it's for you, it would help your company, let's go for it. But I think the thing is, is that... Uh, a bank in Jersey uh, hired me to do this program for Xerox in Virginia. And uh, they were trying to get into companies to market particular products and services. Difficulty getting in, difficulty with gatekeepers. And what really happened was is that uh, we were able to get 200 CEOs in two days. Not people who couldn't make a decision or afraid to make a decision. These were 200 people who ran their companies. And those are the people you want to get together. If you can get, if you can develop a, a pitch, um, if you can develop a pitch to, to get people to think about what you want them to do, you're way ahead of the game. So I'm going to send Renee the whole link for this. This is a website, but there's a, uh, there's a link that you can just sign on and, and uh, connect to and register. It's free. And then you can invite anybody you want to register. Anybody in your company who plays golf or who would like to attract that golf audience. Right. And Dan, I have the um the flyer, the link to the Dropbox that has the flyer in it. Yeah, that's it. So um I will post that on I will post that afterwards too. But they can get to it from here, right? If they go to golf in the mind game and then uh, that's that's a website that talks about it, but I don't know if that will link right into it now. Yeah, it explains the program, right? But this these links have all been redone and updated and all, so they're all ready to go. And there's also sponsorship opportunities for people who have companies who think they want to get in front of this audience. Right now, we probably have about 150 people coming on the fifth, mm -hmm. but I suspect it's going to pick up after right, right in the next couple of weeks, next couple of days. And I, I'm on your homepage here, the Golf in the Mind Game homepage, and it has all the links for 
has your phone number. It has your 15 minute speed dating, Calendly links. <laughs> Look at you, Dan. Look at me. Look at you. It has all the Calendly links. It has Renee, all the Renee, Renee knew me when I had a call how to ask her how to turn my computer on. <laughs> <laughs> so all good stuff on here. Okay. Uh, and I will make sure to put the drop block drop box link in as well. So it sends actually it's not, I don't want to put the drop box. I want to send it straight to like there's an event bright um right. Bright flyer. Yep, I will. I will do that. So right. folks, thanks for being here, Dan, as usual. See you next Monday. See you next Monday. Uh, and everybody else, see you tomorrow, still doing guests every day for the month of October, uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And we will see you tomorrow, 11-ish Eastern. And Renee, your oops moments. Yeah, send me your oops moments. I'm going to post something on LinkedIn about that. Okay. All righty. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.